With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I came into it, number one, saying to myself that the mistake a lot of guys make when they take over a new job is to feel like they have to just go out and rush out and get a bunch of guys. So I was like, don't do that. However, I didn't realize the overwhelming response. You know, a lot of guys, some you know, some of these kids that are committed to us, like I've known them since they were in like eighth, seventh grade, eighth grade, and they're like, oh, coach, I want to come back with you. And so we're going to get back to you. So that kind of surprised me a little. Not surprised me, but I didn't take that into account. Last time I was doing this, you, there was a limit on how many NLIs you could send down, how many scholarships you could give. That That's not true anymore. And I've always had this belief that, like, I'm, I'm not one of those guys who says, I need three of these, four of these. You know, people ask me all the time, how many more do we have? The guys are going to come. They're going to change their position. And we love to change guys' positions if it's, if it's going to help them play in the NFL. So I just try to take the best players. And welcome here to this signing day edition of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washhead, as uh, we're going to take you through on this Christmas edition of the Husker Online Show. Nebraska makes it through signing day. Um, 21 high school junior college players signed, six transfer portal players announced. So a total of 27 scholarship roster additions. And we know of a couple more that could happen here in, in the coming weeks ahead. So more portal people, right? uh, portal, and you know Cam Linhart is a is an edge guy. So you know they're going to be, you know they're going to be over thirty guys again. And, Cam Linhart is going to announce it an All Star game in Jan in early January. Yeah, and there's a couple other guys that are in line, but yeah, I, I think you know Cam Linhart. I I think he's coming. That's twenty eight, and then you know two, three, four more portal guys. Last year, they took 33. Okay, how many portal guys last year? 15. 15 portal guys last year, and six this year yeah. so far. So a little bit a different blend. Like, Fro right. you know, you go back and look at, like, Frost last year, guys. He built to save his job. Mm -hmm. Like Desperation. He went 15 portals, three JUCOs, 15 high schools. Rule is building this that, hey, I'm on an eight-year contract. I'm here for a long time. And I'm taking 22 high school guys. And, you know, maybe eight portal guys, maybe nine portal guys. So definitely a different blend um, just when you kind of look at how this opening class of Matt Rule has made. And we'll get more into how impressive the efforts were, but uh, your takes, Robin, on the class. Yeah, I mean, uh, given the circumstances of what Matt Rule had to inherit um, from day one, I guess officially 24 days ago and hiring a staff and then getting that staff all on the same page and getting a, everything coordinated to um, just find recruits that they want, make the contact, organize visits, uh, set up in-homes, and, and do all that sort of thing in such a short amount of time for them to accomplish what they have is uh, you know, pretty exceptional. I mean, right now, as we speak, um, looking at the on-three consensus rankings, they're 31st nationally. That's, That's just below Baylor and just above Ole Miss. So... You know, for all things considered, of, of where Nebraska was, um, you know, going in or going into this off season, that's a pretty good spot to be in. And then, especially with Sean talking about, they're they're not done yet, so that that ranking could continue to vault as they continue to add transfers and uh, maybe a couple other high school kids. Yeah, and I don't like you know, I'm always a little careful at this point in my life to talk about players who are untested. Um, so I don't want to go too far into that, but the organization is really imp was really impressive in these 24 days. Robin alluded to it. Vince Ginta, the head of the recruiting operation, gets a lot of credit, but but Matt Rule gets the lion's share of the credit. I mean, he must have been working 17, 16 hours a day. It seems like he's very energetic. He's he's brought an he's brought a sense of organization to the program that we haven't seen since Bill Callahan. And and. I we can't deny that. I mean, I, I we've no. we've lived this simple as much as anybody. Right. You know, I joked on the chat that I'd like to say I've logged more in person Nebraska football than anybody the last twenty five years. Right. And th this was a different type of work that we've seen from a head coach. Now Riley did. I mean, I got to give Riley's staff and Riley credit. Mike Riley did a good job. Those with satellite camps yeah. and some of the stuff they did. Yeah. Um, but 
Matt, but Matt, okay, here's the difference to me. Matt Rule is 47 years old, okay? He's a pretty young guy. Riley came here as, how old was he, 63? Um, just didn't have, I don't think he had that sort of energy. Of course he did. I don't have the sort of energy that Matt Rule has. I'm 56. I mean, Matt, Matt Rule comes with a lot of energy, and you can, it's very palpable. I mean, and that's what you really detected in these last 24 days. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we give opening <laughs> thoughts here on the signing class. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, the, the day itself, it went really well for Nebraska, too. You think Would about you say that, that signing day? Well, I mean, Vincent Carroll Jackson picks Nebraska. Okay. Eric Fields picks Nebraska. Elijah Judy um, took his announcement that he was going to wait for on Christmas Eve. Thank you, Elijah, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a chance that we were going to have to write Ma- Malachi it. Coleman. Malachi Coleman. They convinced him. And then out of nowhere, this six-year senior, Josh Fleeks, um, you know, he announces to from Baylor, so Baylor running back, a rece- but he's a receiver. Um, okay. He was a running back in high school, played receiver at Baylor. He's coming in as a six year senior, one year eligible receiver okay. in the program. So, you know, to get that many guys on the final day, we've covered a lot of these deals and that doesn't usually go that way for Nebraska. God. So um, the closing was excellent. Yeah. Um, when you, when you go on that now, they did lose Barry Jackson and, okay. That was a little disappointing. Um, to Cincy. But to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. He's a receiver from Ellenwood, Georgia, that their previous staff recruited hard. Big, big Mickey Joseph guy. And, you know, all those Mickey guys are out of this class now. Marion Miller, Barry Jackson, Arnold Barnes, the running back. The coldest. The coldest. Now, you can say Malachi's a Mickey guy, but I think the Coleman's are Nebraska family, period. I mean, they, they, they live in Lincoln. And Matt Rule really did a great job recruiting the Coleman family, um, not just Malachi's mom, his dad, his sister, his brother. Um, so I, I think, yeah, y- you can look at – but, yeah, d- just the way they, they brought this all together. Um, the other thing, too, guys, the emphasis on, like, the track stuff, that it's fascinating to me. Okay. Because I've always captivated myself covering recruiting to track numbers. I mean – Yeah, you have. And Sean does that. You do that. Does. Yeah, you are, you've done that for 20 years. I mean, I, I look at high school track box scores every week um, from Nebraska. And I have a – it's just like a weird fascination, like, to see football players that show up in those things. And that's honestly what they do, too. I mean, they, they look at that. Like, Jason Machacek throws the shot foot further than Cam Jurgens did. Ooh, 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 really? And Jason that Machacek, kid from Pierre. Yeah, and Jason Machacek is 6'4", 320. He threw he really and he's, he's, he threw the shot longer than Jurgens. Yes, hello. So I mean that should get your attention. It does. And he runs a four seven agility. He's three twenty. Yep. He bench now. He's, it's not quite Steve Sippel bench, uh-huh. but he's two twenty five for twenty seven reps. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, he needs a he needs a little work. Look, hey, by the yeah. way, you might see Sippel at Planet Fitness getting in some heavy reps. Yeah, 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 heavy reps. Every day's chest day. <laughs> He's he's one one rep one rep max guy or one, yeah. one max yeah I'm one keep, one rep twenty minutes sit on the bench read I'm the keep, paper I'm keep the pin in my po- <laughs> I'm keep the pin in my pocket guy I take him home um all right hey um get on the rails here yeah yeah get back on the rails yeah hey Sean that stuff is interesting to me and you know we always talk about coaches being closers these guys closed on a bunch of deals late. I they go, closed. I want to go back to the the track comment and okay. the the I guess the description Matt Rule had of Evan Cooper. He said that he's the guy that is as good at watching film of unknown, underrated prospects as anyone he's ever been around. Uh-huh. And when they took the job, or Matt Rule took the job, Evan Cooper said the very first player that they needed to offer was um, uh, the kid from Westside, Jalen Lloyd. Jalen Lloyd. Because the track guy. He said, take the job and then recruit that kid. And recruit Jalen Moore. That's what Evan Cooper told it was, Rule. Yes. It was one of their first offers made. Yeah. Jaylen. And so, that I mean, that's about as clear an example as anything about the emphasis on the type of athlete that they're looking for. And, you know, with, with Sean's point where it's not just speed guys. It's it's throwers. It's guys that are more than just one-trick ponies. They're not just football players, but athletes. Hey, by the way, note to ourselves – Evan Cooper's story on on his his film watching and how I don't know it seemed like uh, Rule almost like, like 
characterize it as obsessive. I so mean, he would text him at three o'clock in the morning about a guy that he discovered. Yeah, watching and he, and he film said, at three a.m. He said, "Get used to Nebraska offering players you've never heard of, and then within the next month or so, he'll have ten offers." Evan Cooper is the is the defensive backs coach, corners. Oh coach. yeah, and he, Evan Cooper's a name to. I mean, today that little vignette that Rule shared with us put him kind of on people's radar. Right. Oh, Cooper's the guy yeah. that discovers a lot of so, these gems. So, Sean, that's a story we do later. When Matt Rule got off that van, when he pulled into Lincoln, there were two people with him besides his family on that van. Corey Campbell, the strength coach, and Evan Cooper. Mm. Oh. So those were the first mm. two oh, interesting, taking Sean. a Deion Sanders line, pieces of luggage that came with um, <laughs> Matt Rule to Lincoln. Did you put that in Tunnel Talk? I mean, you I might could. Put that, you know, yeah, 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 don't. I mean, what? Yeah, we, I could. Am I not supposed to share that on the air? What stays in tunnel? You know, yeah, we're, we're gonna get jumped on by our members. Yeah, oh yeah, I'll we, shut up. I'll just shut the hell. Sorry, right, you're still new to this. That's fine. Yeah. Sipple gets accused of taking his whole talk radio show and giving it away on Tunnel Talk. I do a little yeah. of that. I mean, hey, I just don't think people listen to my our show. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, hey guys, let's let's continue this conversation. Yeah. We're going to talk quarterbacks. We're oh, going to yes. talk offensive line. We got much more to c- come here on this signing day Christmas edition of the Husker Online show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So US Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, and I, I didn't come in and say, boy, I really want to transfer quarterback. When Jeff came available, I said, I want Jeff. You know, like that, that was, I think there's really good quarterbacks. I think that's a healthy room. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in there. You know, I've watched practice tape on some of them. I, I have to get around them, but there's a lot of good players, and the best player will play with me. I mean, you know, scholarship, walk-on, freshman, senior, no, that matters to me. Talk to Casey. Casey's an impressive young man. Obviously, I don't share what I say with guys and the conversations that we have, but um, he's an impressive young man. He played a lot of good football, you know, and looking forward to him getting healthy and, and uh, moving forward. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sibble, Robin Washett. Um, before we get to that, this segment brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. Great place to watch the NFL action this weekend, uh, college football bowl games. Um, these bowl games have been fun. I've been able to watch a little bit um, here lately, early on. And uh, get on into Tanner's. Watch all the football, all the basketball. Get some gift cards for Christmas. It's a great Christmas idea. Um, give your loved one a, a gift card to Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. Schedule a reservation as well. New Year's Eve next door, Tavern 180, um, USDA Prime Steaks, cocktails. Um, they got hot wings? N- at Tavern 180, no. No, but at Tanner's. Tanner's. Tanner's Walking has the wings. The hall. Now, Tavern 180 is a little classier. Yeah. yeah. Good New Year's Eve spot. So um, it's a place for you guys and not me. Get a wa- <laughs> Well, you, you, had the, you had the Wagyu steak. I did. It was good. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. It was um, phenomenal. I'll go phenomenal. That's probably the last time you talked in depth with Coach Frost. Yeah, we had, I sat with him. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed sitting with Coach and Frost. And that's a whole other like, summer show. That, that was kind of a night where you almost knew this thing wasn't going to work. Why did you say that? Well, just feeling the, the inner workings of the politics and yeah. kind of where things were at. Good point. You, that night Good when point. we talked after that preseason Husker night at Tanner's, our sponsor of the segment, off, you know, you kind of like, yeah, this this is not going to go very well. Well, like, you can just feel like things weren't on a steady path with him and just his mindset and where things are at. Scott, or it would have to go well despite all that, you know, and, and that can happen. I mean, I've seen it happen in Nebraska where it goes well just kind of despite itself. Like Bo. Yeah, that like, for like sure. Bo, like Bo winning at Penn State with Ron Kellogg. Yeah, and just and, and with his <laughs> – well, like Bo winning with his bosses wanting him to lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's that. You know, Frank winning with his bosses wanting him to lose. Scott was in that position. He had to win with his boss. Did I just say that on the air? Did I say that? But, I mean, let's give, let's give Trev credit. I mean, at least yeah. one month in, I mean, it, this feels right. At right. least right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Oh, it does. And, and so I, I want to make sure I say that. Like, this feels right. Like when it does, and now some people are going to say, "Okay, here you we said go this again." again. Right. Yeah, here right, we go right, right. again. Here we go again with you guys pouring Kool Aid. 
the preachers on Sunday. <laughs> but as far as the sample size of what we have uh, to evaluate, we, what what can you complain about? Nothing. That's that's the point. You know, I mean, obviously they have not even held a practice yet. Right. They don't even have a full coaching we, we, staff. We get like, that. You know, like yeah. they, like there's a lot of things that still need to be addressed, but. Given what has transpired over the past less than a month, uh, I would say it's been pretty much all positive. Yeah, and we're not – nobody's saying – so let's just say it this way. We're not Robin, Sean, Simple. We're not saying, oh, okay, get ready. They're going to win nine, maybe ten. No, I'm not no. doing that. I'm not doing that. Nope. Nobody's doing that. Simple, you just want to go to Detroit. That would be good. Just a bowl game in December. You want to go to a good Mexican restaurant by the Detroit airport. <laughs> Wants to hit El Toro up by the airport. No, Matador. Matador. And, and, and it I wasn't made, El Matador. It wasn't El. It was, it was Matador. Curious to me that it was just Matador. They lost their liquor license too. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. a. And they thought I was a cop. I I know they thought I was a cop because they they really. I mean, I'm a little white guy. Um, I think they thought for sure this guy's a cop. The way they were and he turned at. down a full meal at the Chop House yeah. in Ann Arbor to go to Matador. And we saw Taylor Lewan and Will Compton and the busting with the boy. I mean, the this boys. was. We Robert and I had this thing set up for like months. If Bustin and the boys would have been in the Matador, <laughs> it would have been somebody's getting arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, it would have been stunning. All right. Uh, well, if the, anybody's in the Matador. I mean, there's only four cars there at <laughs> prime dinner time. That should have been a red flag. And then the biggest red flag was well, one of them. Can was I get our, a margarita? Uh, we lost our liquor line. Oh, yep. Uh, hello. That's, you should have known at that point. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Um, Let's talk quarterbacks now as we um, get back on the tracks. Yeah, but yeah. Those comments, Ooh. I'm, I'm going to read the tea leaves here. Jeff Sims is walking into a very good situation, in my opinion, because Casey Thompson's hurt right now. He's not going to be a part of the spring. Not uh, Maybe a little. A li- but are they going to want him rush back? Um, it, that, it's gonna, Probably not. Jeff Sims has a great opportunity, and w- period. You say that because, Robin, say why? Because of what we heard today. Yeah, I mean, you, you heard it in the open. There's the conflicting, uh, I guess, responses to questions about Sims and directly about Casey Thompson to where you know, Matt Rule is referring to him as a, a no-doubt pro and that NFL guys were saying, you need to go get this guy uh, as soon as he took the Nebraska or as soon as uh, Sims hit the portal. So um, then you compare it to Casey where it's like, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. You know, I'm not going to talk about our conversations. He played but, some good football. Yeah, he played some good football. Like that, I mean, <laughs> you don't want to read too much into that. It was the shortest answer he gave in but the whole was, press conference. But just just how drastically different those two answers were were pretty telling. I wonder, Sean, that should be addressed in your three, two, one, perhaps. Um, I, yeah, that is striking. So, so yeah, the way I look at the quarterback position changed it. But you know what we didn't ask today that we should have? Will you keep six quarterbacks yeah, on scholarship? Else. Well, you keep six on scholarship. Oh, that's too many. Here's the issue with the rule now. He he's so long on his answers that you're you better be good with your questions. Yeah, because you're not going to get many. He's not. No, hold on, Sean. I he's pay good. Attention to that today. He's he cuts. He he stops. But not too bad. That um, way. you know, he's going to give long, well delivered answers. Right. Riley was a big, big philosophical guy, and I'm not da- I'm not dogging Mike Riley, but he was. It got a. Li- I, I don't know if you guys. Maybe yes. you don't have the same, but I thought those press conferences got way too the, the philosophical. Twenty-minute opening statement. Yeah, and then way too philosophical. Like, my God, what are we talking about? And where now, Frost now, and Mickey were short. Yeah, they were. Now, back to the quarterbacks, though. We didn't ask the question. I want. I, I should have. How many do you want to keep? I mean, isn't that to, how many scholarship quarterbacks do you want to keep? Who shouldn't we have asked? And that now question? Marcus Satterfield, by the way, is the quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how many would he, will he keep? I mean, six just that's unheard that's of. Like a lot. Yeah. I mean, like in this day and age in the portal era, keeping six scholarship quarterbacks happy five's the max. And yeah, seems how like many, a five how, seems like a how lot. many do they even recruit? Like, I mean, that, it just seems like there's going to be some fairly substantial turnover in that position. Well, and we shared this in Tunnel Talk a couple of weeks ago that they at least had some favorable conversations with Heinrich Harburg. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like they kind of probably know the inevitable that they are they are going to lose some guys, but they need to keep some guys here too for spring ball. Just exactly. to, we need some arms. Yeah. But Logan strikes me as a guy that's just good. I mean, he, he's Logan Smothers. I think I don't. I'm not speaking for Logan, and I have a lot of respect for Shane and Logan. They're great family, but you, you just wonder what their thought process is and 
You know, is he going to get his degree first and foremost before he worries about anything? Or is he going to stay here and keep battling because he loves Nebraska? He loves it here. He said that, remember, in the spring of... And I love Logan. He's a great young man. The last time, well, not the last time he talked, but they don't have... I mean, he doesn't talk that much because he's a backup, but he he's he has talked about how much he loves it here, mm-hmm. how much he loves his teammates, um, how much he loves the program. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays. Now, what, what's Richard Torres do? What's Chubba Purdy do? Uh, what do they do? The key nugget, too, was these quarterbacks have to run now. Mm-hmm. And they kind of went – it was weird. Like, Frost went with these running quarterbacks, like Casey – not Casey, but um, Adrian and Noah Vedrill mm-hmm. and McCaffrey, who they took over, Max Duggan. Are they Nice. It's a, nice whole, recruiting. Other, it's a whole other show in July. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow, by the way. Um, right. So what are you saying? But I'm saying then they went to the, these guys like Casey and Chubba. Chubba can run though. Not, yeah, Chubba can run. But <laughs> Torres though. Torres not a runner. Strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know you just is Torres a guy that's just going to end up playing for like Jeff Trailer at UTSA? Well, it wouldn't be bad if he did. No, I mean, great coach, great. Pro- I mean, but like, what's like a guy like that thinking right now? Good Cause, question. Because they could still bring in Malik Hornsby from Arkansas. I was going to ask you guys about that. Do you think they will do that? My read from people I've talked to is to say, stand by, wait. So. How long? The portal's open till January 16th. Okay. As far as when guys can enter. So I think that's the mile marker. And then January 23rd is when classes start. Okay. But players will begin reporting to Lincoln around Sunday the 15th. Okay. That's when uh, a lot of the guys start to get here. Okay. So there could be more move. Oh, there will be more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the first two weeks of January will kind of there'll be some stuff to like look into. Then the coaches will go back on the road to recruit a little bit more. When? Um, there's, let's see, what are the dates? There's like two or three weeks in January. I, I got to get the exact calendar. But So the first week of January, there's a window. Um, I believe it's the 4th through the 8th where you can have transfer portal visitors come in. Uh-huh. And then I think the next Two weekends, I think the 20th and the 27th for sure, you can have visitors in. Um, yeah, I think there's at least two, if not three weekends in January, you can have more visitors in, but no one's going to really have visitors because how many high school players, there's going to be some, but not very many left. Okay. As far as that quarterback thing goes, I'm still making, I, I mean, Casey Thompson has earned a lot of respect, and perhaps he's earned being, whenever he gets back, being the number one guy and somebody's got to unseat him yeah maybe maybe rules comments are just because they don't know each other that well and he knows sims for several years so maybe that's just that and we're reading far too much into it all right well this will be a topic talked about for months to come when we come back uh we'll continue our discussion here on signing day you're listening to the Husker online show you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I think you always start at home. The key to long-term success is for every fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grader in the state of Nebraska to grow up dreaming of playing out here. Uh, they have to see they have to see other kids just like them do that. As I went through this process of evalu- evaluating this job, if, if I would be a good fit here, I got to know these players. Uh, I, I watched them. I, I wanted the local kids to, to stay here and play here in Nebraska. So we, we got a lot of them, a couple we didn't get, but uh, the ones that we got, they came for the right reasons. They wanted to be here. And, um, you know, we can't take everybody. But these, the ones we got are, are definitely good enough, and they're, they're going to fight uh, for their university. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. You heard Matt Rule talking about in-state recruiting. Nebraska signed eight in-state players, gentlemen. Um, it's the highest number since 1998, um, which Nebraska took nine that year. That was Frank's, that was Frank's, Frank's first class. That, that was like the Jeremy Select uh, – um, trying to think who else would have been in that class you're usually really good at this sean well i didn't cover recruiting full-time until 99 well 99 season class of 2000 okay i graduated high school in 99 so i can't remember all those guys like i remember the 99 class well because that was my freshman year at nebraska and i hung out a lot of those i knew a lot of those guys yeah. um so. i remember selected because i did his 
I, I went to his house and did a profile story on him. Met him in his house. Papillion? Big, tough, LaVista kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big, tough kid. Good Blue player. collar. Tough guy. Tough Great guy. Lives in Gretna now. I run, I've run into him once or twice over the years. Um, but you look at this in-state group, and all together, there could have been 11. I mean, Nebraska offered Benny Nagoy. Benny Nagoy went to Iowa State. Benjamin Bramer went to Bramer Iowa State. Bramer went to Iowa State. And then um, I'm missing one. Zane Flores. Well, no, McIntyre. Oh, Cade so McIntyre. Those are the three they offered publicly. So that's 11. That's Cade McIntyre. Yeah, and then Zane Flores, they kicked the tires on, but uh-huh. – um, the floor, the floor, excuse me, the floors family, not floor as the floors family. Flores. Um, they, uh, were very loyal to their commit to Oklahoma state and you know, they, I don't blame them. I mean, Oklahoma state has been behind them the whole way. So Nebraska really made 12 in-state offers this year. 12. I mean, that, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That Good is talent. incredible. Good talent. And then Cade, uh, Piper, um, from Norfolk Catholic signed with Iowa. So there, there are 13 power five players in the state of nebraska this year that's the most ever that wow. i've seen ever man that's good news for nebraska <laughs> for one just because it kind of helps out with the, the the local recruiting but also um you know it allows them to uh you know hold true to this emphasis on keeping guys in state and having guys that are worthwhile to keep right. you know i mean there's one thing to recruit the state but when you're recruiting guys that are actually going to help your football team, that's a huge difference and a luxury that when you're getting that many players to choose from, um, that makes all the difference. And that's a luxury Nebraska hasn't had in a long no. time. These guys that you're talking about, like Bramer, I think Bramer could go to Iowa State and start immediately. Yeah, they, and they did not. He's good. And, and Nebraska did not get a tight end in this class. Yeah. That's a big loss. Like I, I think it Bramer, is. if he would have come here, could have like played played snaps next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was told. That he is on the same level as Fedoni, mm. just not as explosive, not quite as explosive, but other intangibles that put him on Fedoni's level. Now that's like that's saying a mouthful. That's a coach telling me that. But he said, yeah, Bram, he goes, you watch, Bramber will go start at Iowa State as a freshman, and he is mentally wired in. I mean, he's a very focused coach's kid, principal's kid. His sisters played college volleyball, so. That's a hit. Now, I don't look at Benny Nagoy as a huge hit. Um, I'm more disappointed, Robin, that a Lincoln High guy, where Robin's from, mm-hmm. turned down Nebraska. Well, I mean, you got to, like, let's look back on his recruitment. Like, okay. was he, was he, how strongly did Nebraska pursue him throughout this so, process? So, Mickey Joseph made him, it was kind of bizarre. I remember this day. Like, Mickey just kind of went in and made an offer to Benny like when Frost is still here on his own, like without kind of really getting it checked off through the process. So it was, it, it became like a non-committable offer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like he was offered, but it wasn't committable. Whereas Iowa State prioritized him from start to finish. So, I mean, this like kind of back and forth, Good on point. again, off again Good point. with Nebraska, probably maybe soured things a little bit. Turned him off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, now, I Rule, don't blame him. wasn't that Rule's first visit Yeah, when he came when he got the job? He, his first stop was Lincoln High. It's the first time that a Nebraska head football coach had been in the halls of Lincoln High in decades. True. Huh. I mean, and we were trying to figure this out on KFAB with Gary Sattelmeyer and Jim Rose, and they didn't know, like, your co-worker on the ticket, Aaron Davis, he, he's from Lincoln High. Oh, yeah. But he was a walk-on. Um, who was the last, like, scholarship Husker? I mean, you, you mm. it might be Mike Fultz. Mm. Scholarship Husker. Hold on, hold on. That Not sign, Hassebrook? Walk-on. Walk-on. Mm-hmm. Hassebrook was a walk-on? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there, I mean, there really hasn't been a... Troy Hassebrook? Had even Richie Ross, the Gatorade Player of the Year in 2000. He went to UNK. 2000. Yeah. Richie Ross was not a scholarship player. Nope. He didn't go to Nebraska. He played basketball at South Dakota State. Okay. But, yeah, you look at the guys they've had. They haven't had, you know, a guy go to Nebraska. So that that's kind of surprising. Um, and the other one is Cade McIntyre. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was that one falls more on Frost. Like, he would have crawled to Nebraska, loved Nebraska. But they screwed around, and then they became, like, the third or fourth offer after other better programs offered. And, they saw right through that, and he can, Oklahoma offered him. He commits to Oklahoma, so um, good class, though. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then Zane Flores and Cade Peeper. I mean, thirteen Power Five guys in the state of Nebraska. And, and what's twenty twenty four look like, Sean? Oh, you know, it's Carter Nelson is going to be the focus. Um, Carter Nelson, he's he, blowing up. Yeah, like he he's going to be a top five type of of Ainsworth. Ainsworth. He's an eight man player. 
I mean, he's kind of like a version of Scott Frost in high school, coach's kid, mom and dad both coach. Um, he's, I mean, this staff is going to just love Carter Nelson because of his track stuff. I mean, he, he's like a damn dang near a seven foot high jumper, and he runs like a ten nine hundred. And he throw, at at what weight? Uh, two. I'm pulling up. He's a big kid, isn't he? Yeah, he. he um, we have him at six five two oh five. Oh boy, man, he's jumping seven foot. Yeah, and mm. he runs in a, like a, a ten nine. Yeah, and he throws a discus like one seventy okay. some feet. Freakazoid. I mean, so like the Evan Cooper like numbered game he plays like this guy is going to be a huge priority. Um, but yeah, you look for next year. Nebraska's already offered Daniel Kalen at Bellevue West, okay, the quarterback. quarterback. Uh, Davon Hall, and then Caleb Receiver. Caleb Benning. Um, you know, those, those are a couple of the offers they've made. I mean, there's more offers out there right now. Um, in the state of Nebraska, but those are some of the ones um, that have really jumped out early on. Yeah, Matt Rule made it clear that it's not just this class. You know, this isn't some like PR thing where we're trying to make good graces with high school coaches and fans. Like they legitimately like the talent in this class, and they're legitimately excited about the 24 class and beyond. So um, this is going to be a reoccurring theme with how they address their recruiting. I think um, you know Matt Rule said that our recruiting philosophies at Temple aren't necessarily going to work in Nebraska. Right. Well, at Baylor, they're not going to necessarily work in Nebraska. What we need to do is recruit to where we are. Uh-huh. And we're, but when he know right away, like he told the story of one of his first phone calls was to Brock Newton. Yeah, um, out great in, story. Out in uh, Scott's Bluff. And he said... Um, Newton you know, said. Yeah, well, Matt Rule said, hey, I'm Matt Rule, I'm a new head coach. I just want to get your, you know, where, where do you stand with your, your commitment to Nebraska now? And he said, coach, I'm a Husker. You know, I don't, he said, I don't care who the head coach is. I don't care is. who the head coach is. And Matt Rule is like, oh, wow. <laughs> I hope he needs at least, like, you know, praise me a little bit or, you know, whatever. Yeah, he did say Feed that. the ego a little bit. But, no, like, uh, and like that's when he knew that these are the type of guys I need to build this program around. Guys uh-huh. that don't care about me. Uh-huh. They care about the program. That was a great story. Sure. Well, did we get that in print anywhere? Yes. That was a great story. Yes, Brock, in, the, in the five things we learned. Thank you. So, Brock, Brock Knutson um, – would have gone to Iowa State though. Like it, like they came to the spring game weekend. Like they said, this come and they didn't think they were even going to get offered by Nebraska. And then just out of nowhere, Frost offered him, and they were getting ready to commit to Iowa State. Oh boy! And they had to do some thinking. That'd be great if you lost three in-state kids in the class to, to Iowa, Iowa State. State. That'd be great. Which, by the way, this is the first year that I can remember Iowa State really coming in in Nebraska. That would just be wonderful to This is the first that. year Iowa State's come in this state since was, Dan McCarney. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Since that, Dan McCarney. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, so you know, That's ridiculous. I'm telling you. You lose Bramer, Newton, and Benny Nagoy to Iowa State in one year, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, they um, – That's just a that's just a commentary. And I, I got to know um, the Knutson family because they, they came up to our in-state tour that we do, and you'll be a part of that this year. And um, I mean, they love them. I mean, they have like a duck blind that's decorated – with like Husker stuff, the Newtons, and they, they show you the picture of the duck blind. I mean, they are just yeah. The, these are the kind of the sledges, the Gatulas. I mean, that's these, what you need. These are the kind of guys you want to have to kind of build a foundation of your program. Yeah, and those are the guys that have been ignored for Maverick Noonan a long time. Well, I don't want to say ignored. They just probably haven't been not prioritized. Right. Yeah. Okay, a couple other in-state guys I didn't um, mention. Um, you've got Isaiah McMorris from Bellevue West, mm. receiver. Davon Hall obviously is on that team. Uh, Caleb Pyfrom, and you you got to meet his father with me, Levon Pyfrom. Yeah, big uh, dude. Omaha yeah, dude. Central. He's got like five, ten power five offers now. Already. So, yeah. So those are the other. I mean, Nebraska's made. Uh, there's one more they made here. I want to make sure I get through all the offers for next year as we wrap up this conversation. They've got one out at Miller North, too, and I want to make sure I get. They've got another offer out at Miller North as well. Miller North kid. Actually, you know, that's for 2025. Oh, okay. So there you go. That's why I can't yeah. find it right now. He's a 2025. But um, in-state recruiting, in good shape, no question. Um, and we didn't even talk about Dylan Riola. Well, that, that's a whole other show a whole nother. after uh, signing day. But uh, when we come back, <laughs> a- Abby summer. Barmore will join us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 
Yeah, so social media for me is this. I don't read it because it's not super flattering when you're the head coach all the time. So I don't read it, but I communicate from it. You know what I mean? And I pay attention to the players. On I get to know the players as recruits, even when they're sophomores. I see what they're about. But I also can send a message about who we are. You know what I mean? That we're going to be... You know, we're going to be an old school program with a new school look. You know what I mean? We're going to do things the modern way, but, you know, retain old school values. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett limping our way here to the finish as it's been a very eventful month of December for all of us. And uh, let's bring in one of our favorite members here, the Husker Online team, joining us here on um, I don't know if it's our final show of the year. We have a show next week, final too. Show. But final the final show. Final show before Christmas. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> Abby Barmore joining us. And lots of questions. Abby, in the mailbag, where are you starting us out with today? All right, our first one. Which two players from the 2023 class do you think are going to make an instant impact on the field? Are we going to do transfers or just high schools? Let's just do high school okay. first, and then we can do transfers. Because it does kind of complicate it when you do transfers in there. Um God, that Come on, Sean. it's a really, really broad question. Um, I think Tristan Alvano, like there you go, like he's a there you he's go. A, that's a plug-in starter. Like right a, there. That's a day. Sean, I mean, that's a veteran. That's I think there's only pick. one person that may not be excited about Alvano. That's Timmy Bleak Road, <laughs> um, and yep. that's going to be a great battle. Um, but you can't pick yeah, linemen. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I agree. Especially when Matt Rule said that they're going to roll with their their guys and the the. The high school group they brought in developmental. I'll go Eric Fields. Uh, just okay. but just considering what Matt Rule said about him. He said, you're going to know his name. I mean, you might not know it right now, but Nebraska fans, he will be a household name when all is said and done. I mean, the dude had 270 tackles over two years, 180 in 10 games this past season. So um, he's a smaller, versatile, hybrid type guy that I'm very intrigued to see where he fits in, but I think he has a potential for an immediate impact. Is there, is there, why, why, I mean, can't I pick Malachi Coleman? Why couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, Malachi Coleman has a measurables to play right away. I wonder where they plan on playing him. I mean, I don't think he has the measurables to play defensive end, come off the edge right now. I don't think that's what I mean, he's a receiver. Well, he was recruited by some schools as an end. Yeah, but he was recruited to Nebraska as a receiver, Dude, right? Sean? Yeah, a receiver. Okay. Uh, Michigan wanted him as an edge guy. Yeah. Now, now, the the previous staff recruited him as a receiver. I thought. Now I don't. Now maybe this staff is too. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think Malachi Coleman could play right away as a receiver. Now on the O line, five guys. I, I, I like not like next year. No, not next year. But I really think Sam Sledge and Jason Machacek are guys, um, and they're both coaches' kids. Um, Machacek's dad, high school coach in South Dakota, and obviously Bob Sledge at prep and. Yep. You like Husker. that Sledge name, don't you? Oh, I mean, Sledge, <laughs> you, do, you, you can tell real perked up about Sledge. Yeah. Um, but Bobby, you've met Bobby. I, mean, I, I covered Bob. I was in I school mean, with him. Bob is a dude. Bob's a hammer. And they said today, Greg Sharp said this, that Creighton Prep said that Sam Sledge is the best lineman to come out of that school in over 30 years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That probably whoa. Junior Miller would be whoa. the last great one out of there. Junior Miller, no, no. Well, they're, they're saying he's better than Titus Adams. I don't think Junior Miller was. Junior Miller you're thinking of another junior, Junior Bryant. Bryant junior, yeah, Bryant. junior Bryant. I'm sorry, yeah, Junior Bryant. Yeah, Junior Bryant. Junior Miller was a tight end from Texas. Junior Bryant. Junior Bryant. And then you had, um, who was the other one I just mentioned? Titus Adams came from prep, okay. NFL yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. The, the O-line's got some guys. Yeah, okay. All right, let's look at the transfers. Which transfers are going to make an immediate impact? Oh, I like that kid from Florida. The cut, Which one? <laughs> they yeah. took three of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ortiz. You like Ortiz? I like Collier. Um, I like Collier. Four-star player. Um, I mean, out of high school, he's a four-star player. I think he can come in and threaten guys right away. I don't know where. Probably We're talking about safety probably, right? I, I know we talked. Is to, that what we're talking about? Corey Collier, yeah. yeah. Corner or safety. Okay. Um, you know, we, we talked about. Jeff Sims already, but wow. Sure. Wow. I mean, his long answer on Sims versus the eight-second eight answer oh, on Casey Thompson. Oh, bookmark that. Ooh. That immediately jumped out to uh, me. me too. Don't read the tea leaves, but read the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah, we're on the same page on this one. Yeah, I mean. What was up with that? And that, that in itself, I mean, for one, the glowing comments – um, about Sims, the fact that this he's been on Matt Rule's radar and he's loved him for years and he's watched 
as much Georgia Tech football as almost any program in the country. So he knows everything about him. And as soon as Sims officially went to the Porter, Matt Rule said, I need this guy. He had NFL guys saying that you need to go get this guy. And he said that there is zero question he's an NFL talent. Oh, and by the way, the quarterback has to run now, Sybil. Yep. And that that wasn't really a great endorsement for Casey Thompson. Casey can run a little bit, and that's what Charles sells, that Casey came out of high school as a runner, and people wondered if he could throw. Now, can he hold up in this league, though, doing it? Right. I don't know. I mean. No, Casey's not a great runner. Don't get me wrong. He's not a great runner. But his dad, his dad Charles, will sell, sell that Casey coming out of high school, the big question was, can he throw it? Because he's a runner. And then he then it evolved in the other direction. i got to land the helicopter here. <laughs> Who's Go. your under-the-radar addition to this class? Well, Robin already hit on Eric Fields. Um, so I'll say Bryce Matthew or Bryce Turner. Um, you know, when you bring a guy in that runs 10-2-7, I mean, that – Trey Palmer ran that fast too, but he might be the fastest high school player in the country. Mm-hmm. And so carrying on with that, I'll go Jalen Lloyd. Uh, the fact that they found a elite-level speed skill guy – from their own backyard. I think that's notable where Matt Rule you know, was talking about recruiting in-state. That's not just getting big lumbering linemen. That's going and getting speedsters that fit the speed model that he knows and recruits to where it's not just Texas and Florida guys. Let's stay at the speed element. I'll say Quentin Ivis. Did I get that name right, Sean? Quentin Ivis. Uh, he's, a, he's a speedy running back from New Jersey, under, way under the radar. Uh E.J. Barthel was recruiting him at UConn. He's way under the radar. I mean, he turned down Stony Brook and Monmouth and some other English. Mm. Now, part of the country, though, doesn't get a lot of recruiting. I mean, I it's, think he was turned down soccer programs or something. Um, lacrosse or something. Tottenham. Yeah. But anyway, he, he's under the radar, but he can run. So it continues that kind of – they really concentrated on speed, both sides of the ball. All right, Abby, uh, we got time for two more. What do you got left? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, what would you rank this recruiting class? Tough one. Are we ranking it in context or like reality? Context. Um, I'd put it at about an eight and a half, nine. I mean, Why? I, because they did about eight months of work in two weeks. Jeez. And you just said a mouthful. I think all of us are feeling that right now. As as we all, no you know, Brian, Brian, Sipple, and I are all. I mean, this has been a grind, Rob, guys. Rob's, and Rob's also feeling it. Rob, Rob's like, I just got to get out of this office. Everybody's feeling it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think with the context of it, the fact that you know they they accomplished so much in the span of really twenty four days yeah. uh, between yeah. opening press conference to signing day press conference. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of guys that were already in, in play, but uh, they had to re-recruit all those guys and reestablish relationships uh, and basically start from scratch with every one of these signees. And for them to not only uh, keep guys, but then bring in the talent that they did, I don't know how much more you could ask for at this uh, point. Very organized. It reminds Sean, I'm just going to speak for Sean now, of, of Bill Callahan, right? Yeah, and guess who's running the recruiting for Rule right now? Vince Ginta, who ran the bill callahan classes and yeah you can't and, and there's can't, a there's a commonality there you can't talk about that enough vince ginta should be a story that someone writes yeah about. and and i don't know if vince wants like that attention for himself i mean that what he does his job really well vince and, ginta runs the recruiting department right and, and you know i think the key is he has a plan and he's seen it work here before and he shows you know he, the ideas and rule has his ideas and they were able to really put together a, a great plan as a team this is not easy. What they oh, did no. to bring, I mean, organization to bring in like 35 visitors, host them, feed them, lodge them, visit people, go woo, on the road, woo them. I mean, all the things that they had to do in two weeks. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. You could look at Matt Rule's face during the press conference. I mean, he just looked like a guy that had put in some, some hours. <laughs> he looked <laughs> he like did. all of us, but uh, definitely uh, the, the, hope- the task that he had to undertake showed. I hope he's at just some dirt road, small town, Nebraska bar, just having a cocktail. He, well, he, I, 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 we all should be going to the Caribbean. <laughs> or the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. all should be. Let's do it. I'm thinking like a the week Roca, in the Caribbean. I'm like the Roca Tavern or something right now. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the Roca Tavern. I, all I hear there is cold. I want to go somewhere warm. I want to go somewhere warm. Pre-COVID, the Roca Tavern had communal chili going. Yeah, that sounds great, but it's cold. <laughs> all right. Can we go to, can we go to Barbados? <laughs> Let's do it. 
Yeah, you Holiday pay. party. Sean's paying. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, boss. <laughs> Thanks, boss. Well, no one's getting paid this month. All right, final question. <laughs> Our last me. question. Your favorite Christmas movie? Ooh. Oh, Dirty Santa. Am I just going to start a whole controversy? <laughs> Dirty Santa? Is that you what mean it is? Bad Santa? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of movies are you watching? <laughs> Sybil got the free Cinemax trial at his house. (laughs) Oh, Um, boy. Bad Santa. Okay. Bad Santa. Dirty old Santa. (laughs) What about Die Hard? Die Hard 1, Die Hard 2. Are they up there? Uh, Sybil's. I'm trying to keep this train on the track. tough. Okay. I, I like the Die Hards, but... You can argue they're not Christmas. I mean, you can't go wrong with um, Chevy Chase and, and yeah. Cri- oh yeah, Christmas, Christmas vacation. That's number one for me. But here's a here's an underrated one that I'll throw in there. Okay. Scrooged with Bill Murray. Do you okay. guys ever watch that one? No, it's like an eighty, like late eighties, early nineties movie, and it's fantastic. Watch okay. it every year. So, so isn't somebody gonna say you guys didn't even mention a Christmas story? Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Have you seen four? Is it four Christmases with Reese Witherspoon yes, and, and, uh, and um, what's his name? Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. That is great. That's a good is one. Is it? And you, that's not, that's not, is that on LMN? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about like a fan, like they're a married couple. They always go out of town on vacation. They're losing it. <laughs> because yeah. their parents are all divorced. Okay. So they have four Christmases. And in, my parents are divorced. You're, I mean, yeah. All of us deal with it in our own mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So it's pretty, rela- it's pretty funny. Relatable, yeah. Um, and they're like, their way of going out of town was a good way from all the Christmases. Well, then they had this storm and they had a they had to go to all their family christmases and each one was like its own disaster nothing beats dirty santa <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <Abby. laughs> okay when we come back we're gonna close the show with some final thoughts you're listening here to the oscar online show you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I'm kind of not bought into the narrative that I hear on here on the team. I hear from everywhere that the offensive line is the problem. We're going to have a good offensive line next year. And I like the guys who are in that room already. And I just think you have to have a commitment. We have to have an identity in offense of what we're going to do. You know, when you're kind of trying to figure out, hey, are we going to throw a team, run a team, what are we? Put those guys in hard positions. And that's why, I mean, Marcus came with me to Carolina. I made him be the assistant line coach. A lot of guys call plays because they're thinking about the quarterback only. They're asking offensive linemen to do really hard things. you got to go coach it. And you coach it, it changes your approach. And so um, we're going to put those guys in a good position that are here so I, I'm, I'm gonna fight for those guys I like those guys you know we're gonna try to you know we tried to bring in some some depth and I wanted to bring in a great young group that we can develop and watch them grow and uh, the previous staff uh, coach Frost they, they had done a nice job of identifying I, I like those players but we also you know we're gonna continue to just continue to try to look because I I'll never ever ever not take a talented offensive or defensive lineman that's that's what wins game and we're back here final segment of the Husker line show and it's like Matt Rule knows what Nebraska fans want to hear. Offensive line, defensive line, and the value of it. And, and look, we've lived in the Big Ten now, simple 12 years. And we've seen how you win in this league. And where does it start? The line of scrimmage. Yeah, and he's not – I just don't think he's saying things to appease the – No, no. Himself, to appease the fan base. He believes – his background is is in the trenches. That's what he likes. You know, he, he had three different college jobs as a D-line coach. Um, he 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 taught under a guy named Pat Flaherty. Talked offensive line under a guy named Pat Flaherty with the New York Giants. So he was the assistant. Rule was the assistant offensive line coach at the Giants. Much of his background is in the trenches. So when he talked, and he said that was fascinating today. That part of the, the press conference was fascinating to me, where he just feels he gravitates towards linemen and linebackers. Mm-hmm. He said, "I don't." My expertise isn't backpedal by a corner. You know, it's 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 with the line. Boy, that was music to my ears, boy. I mean, at this place, it needs it. I don't know what the hell they've been doing. But but they it seems like they've just I mean, neglected the line of But scrimmage. on paper, they've recruited guys that people want. Like Turner Corcoran, Ohio State and Oklahoma wanted him. Ben Hart. Bryce Benhart played in the Army All American Bowl. It's true. 
They, not enough of those guys, though, Sean. You've admitted it yourself. No. Not enough of them. Nuri Noelinen, I think he's got a lot of potential, but he's got to get his body right. But you could, you could, you named off those guys, but you could name off four or five that they had no business recruiting. I'm like Michael, well, Michael Lynn left, or, or he's still on the team. But I, I, Anderson, Con, Con, the guys that just you don't even know. Are they around? I don't know what yeah, they're. Anderson's and, not. Yeah, without naming guys, yeah, like, we shouldn't name. There, them. There's there'll be times after about a year, you're like, this guy's never going to play for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Like too many and, of those, Sean. And then, but you know, like the ones that ha- like Prohaska, like you're like, God, they're going to have to play this guy sooner than they need to. And that's been part of the developmental problem is they've had to play the Prohaskas and the Corcorans. Maybe a, Hart's. a year earlier than they need to. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Ethan Piper by, you know, letting him almost sit out a couple of years. He actually got better. Um, you know, he, he regressed because he was thrown out. Thrown in there too fast. And then sitting out and letting it slow down, he played all right this year. He did. He, he played some of the best football of his career towards the end of this past season. And, I mean, that's the way offensive line play is. You can't throw a bunch of freshmen out there in the Big Ten and expect them to do well. I mean, and Nebraska's been doing that, like you said, for far too long. And to your original point, Sean, about you know they, they should be better than they are up front, Matt Rule agrees with you. And that's why you know he said that you know there's a narrative out there that the offensive line is the problem for, for why Nebraska's offense has been so bad. He didn't agree with it. He thinks that that line is a whole lot better than people want to give it credit for. And the biggest issue that they've had is they've had no identity That's on it. offense. Right, they don't Rob. know if they're a running team. Right, they don't know if they're a passing team. Yeah. And this offensive line has no idea what, what they're supposed to be about. And so yes. hopefully – That's it, Rob. Well, I'm not going to say this is going to change, but hopefully that recognition from Matt Rule and his uh, background as an offensive line will change that to where these guys have an understanding of what they're about, about what this offensive line's identity is is and then they can develop towards that and not only do they get the most out of the guys currently on the roster but this all this big group that they brought in all these in-state guys that they're really excited about have time to develop and work in the strength and conditioning and learn the playbook so when they actually do see the field they are a whole lot more prepared than the than the last group was yep oh there's a and we should address why rule kept donovan rayola because he talked huge part of it yeah he talked at length the players it's that, and also there's a name that everybody needs to know. It's Harry Heastand. Harry Heastand. And Dylan Ryan. I, was <laughs> I thought you were going to say Dylan Ryan. Yeah, him too. No, Harry Heastand is a, like the, is a Milt Teniper in the offensive line coaching world. Harry's the offensive line coach at Notre Dame. He was the offensive line coach with the Bears. Uh, Rayola Donovan worked under him both places, and Rule shares – he stands philosophical approach to offensive line coaching. So people wonder, why why, why did Rule keep Rayola? Well, Rayola went in, I'm sure, to his office and said, hey, I learned under Harry Heastand. Oh, you learned under Harry Heastand? Well, I worked for Pat Flaherty at New York Giants, and he's Harry Heastand's brother-in-law. And, and Harry Heastand has a sort of philosophy that I, that I Matt Rule, am a, am, I gravitate toward. So now we understand why why he hired, well, De- why he retained Donovan Rayola. And let's let's really be fair to Rayola. Like he walked into a mess. The head coach got fired, and you had an offensive coordinator that was on a completely different page than the rest of the staff, than the rest of everybody, than the rest of, <laughs> the rest of the anybody in the country. <laughs> he was on his own page, of, you know. And and Mark Whipple knows more football than we'll ever know. We uh, no one's going to disagree, but. The things that he tried to do, it just wasn't a fit, and it just wasn't working last year, and it really didn't help the offensive line. You know, having some of the the ways they were, you know, dropping the quarterback back. Yeah, working against Iowa, though, <laughs> I will yeah. say that Whipple can give you a big middle finger. It didn't work against. I mean, um, they, out the door, right? Like the Rutgers game, though. Like they never should have won that game. I mean, that that was. A, <laughs> I mean, not really. The fact that Casey only got sacked once in that game when he was probably pressured 20-some times. Remember that sack, though? He got hit from both sides and the middle. <laughs> it's amazing he came out yeah. alive. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously there's a lot of work to do with this returning group, but, I mean, they have seven guys with starting experience coming back. I mean, at some point, that's something that you can work with, especially when you get the right coaching and you get the right message and identity being instilled on these guys right well he didn't and rule didn't say this but these guys you're talking about are all critical p- 
parts of their development. Corcoran, sophomore. Ben Hart, sophomore. Piper, sophomore. Um, Newelli. Newelli, uh, junior, sophomore. Latosky, redshirt, freshman, going into sophomore year. They're all they're all at critical points. If they're going to be good, this is now. So, so if you're ruled, did you want to say, I'm going to throw a third offensive line coach at them and make them learn another way of doing things? There's some material there. And I think, uh, yeah. I think nutrition and strength and conditioning, yeah. you know, you have to point that direction too. You do. Cause you, do. you know, what were they doing? Like were their bodies really like they, they really touted things where they were at in those areas, but it just didn't line up. Ah, one, one hall of fame offensive lineman told me simple. They're not, they're not a bad technique group, but they're a bad body group and they can't move the line of scrimmage, not because of technique, mm. but because they're not strong enough. And so, yeah, I think what you're saying is correct, I think, or, or at least has merit. Another thing we got to note, though, is uh, Matt Rule made it clear that they're not closing the door on any further additions. I mean, they're, well, he, actually, he said that yeah. I will never turn down a high-level offensive lineman because that's what wins you football games, especially in the Big Ten. So if they have the opportunity you know, through the portal or whatever it may be to add to this group for an immediate impact type player – I mean, they're not like set in stone with this returning. No, they don't we? Shouldn't we say that another way, Rob? Don't they need to go get a couple? Sure, seems like it. Um, I think one or two. You got to be picky, though. You, you don't want to just go out and go after anybody on the O line. No, I agree. I, I agree. mean, and they, I, agree. I mean, they they obviously had uh, a couple of guys targeted. Cornelius, who just con- he announced to go to Oregon. Is, oh, he did. Yeah, and, and uh, Johnny Cornelius. Yukon uh, Cornelius. Yukon. <laughs> Johnny Cornelius went to Oregon, Sean. Yeah, and then Ben Scott was the other big one that yeah, came in. Came in here. You know, he's looking towards Auburn. He's visited UCLA and in January he might go to Miami and Florida State. That was one that we thought with the Riola connection they had a shot at, but it doesn't feel good as we sit here the week of Christmas right now. But but, but that's news. Johnny Cornelius to Oregon. Yeah. I mean he and he visited, visited Ohio, here in Ohio State. And Tennessee, Tennessee and yeah. Oregon. So, yeah. I mean, Nebraska got a swing at him and best lineman in the portal. That's all you can ask. But they were the first of four visits. So that's tough Yeah. when you, when those programs yeah. are involved. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the in NIL, we don't know this, but, in, you know, how much NIL did Nebraska really even involve in these visits, you know? Yeah, we, we don't have a clear picture on Nebraska's – well, not on Nebraska, but on rules approach with NIL. I, 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 am I okay saying that? On yeah, there? and we don't really have a clear. I'll idea. hit on my thoughts more in tunnel talk too on Friday, but that that that's still coming together. I think they've got a great thing going potentially, but to get all that off the ground in two three weeks, that was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the good thing is they have results they can show guys. Like, look what we already had in place a year ago, and we're going to take that and make it better because Nebraska's nil was good last year. They had a good structure. Um, you know, you hear these fantasy numbers thrown out there about millions of dollars and 500, like that's really not realistic. That that's, that's casino talk. That's oh, I went to the casino and I won a bunch of money. No, you ended up losing money, but you kind of like brag about your winnings. Um, Nebraska had a really realistic NIL program and the volleyball program had that and they're going to have that now and it's going to be better. But how does rule want to use it? And how do they want to? Yeah. Cause, uh, that's a lot. We don't know that. And, uh, on that note, gentlemen. It's been a fun year. We got one more show left in the year, but um, fun's a word for it. Robin, you're going to be in Iowa, so Sipple and I, um, if we can get out of the house because it's going to be so cold, we're going to be back Wednesday. We'll tape on Wednesday, Sip. Tape on Wednesday. Okay, that'll be so. Fun. Merry Christmas, gentlemen. Merry um, Christmas, Sean. Fellas. Merry Christmas to you. And let me tell you, I'm so happy that you're on our team now. Oh, stop, Sean. Like we're so blessed to have Thank you. Thank you. So. I, I appreciate it. I need and Robin, work. just working with a goat every day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Robin, as well. You're because I look like a yeah, goat. and then you know I'm here too. <laughs> just Robin kidding. is the man. I'm just Robin's kidding. the daddy. Yeah, you guys are amazing, and it has been. It, no, it's been rough. It's R- been a year. Yeah, it's been. A year. <laughs> it has been a year. But, we, but it was. There was a lot of fun. We had fun in Ireland. Oh God, I'd go back. Yeah, it was fun. That was fun. I'd had that seafood tower at Soul Seafood right now. Mm. You like that? You guys? Oh like yeah, that? Ireland. The move to on three. I Jeez. mean, there's there's been a lot of positives. Oh yeah, getting sip. 
<laughs> I mean, gee whiz. By the way, $25 still special for the year if you want to get on. And, and 25 smackaroos. We're number two and on three that, overall. That gets you through or until next football yeah. season. So it's $25 not 25 a month. It's 25 for the until year. September. September. And that's not going to be around forever. So get on that special. Uh, we're currently the second largest site on all of on three. Um, get us a number one. Yeah, that'd be nice yeah. if we got to number one. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, it's been a fun, fun year of signing day, coaching changes, recruiting. Uh, we'll be back again, though, next week. Another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 